How are you doing? Um, I'm Graham. Uh, welcome to the Mental Strength Podcast. This is Dave and this is our guest, Ulrika, who will be talking with us today. And we're going to talk about fitness training, health and depression and how to use to help her on her journey with fitness. Um, Dave, can lead on? All right, Ulrika, welcome. Thank you. And thanks for uh, taking this time out and uh, coming and having a chat with us. No problem. Um, so, uh, I suppose to start off and you're going to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing right now and we'll build on that. Okay, um, I'm Ulrika, I'm 25, I'm a personal trainer. Um, you're a bodybuilder? I'm a bodybuilder as well, professional bodybuilder with WFF. Um, Where about you based? Dublin. Dublin. Where about in Dublin? Kulak. Kulak, oh very good. How long have you been personal trainer? Um, a year and a half. Oh, very good. How are you finding that so far? I love it. Good. I love just helping people. You know what I mean? They come to me with their goals and we smash them. That's the most important part of yeah. the for the right reasons, which yeah, is... Absolutely. Is, yeah. What led you to... Um, I was out one day at a family's birthday party and I bumped into a gym owner and he actually encouraged me to go and join the gym. But at this stage I was anorexic and very underweight and I was thinking in my head why would I join a gym like I'm it's, I'm it's going it's the last thing you want to hear oh, yeah like, I was like yeah. there's nothing wrong with me like why would I even bother going to a gym like yeah. and then I just took up one day and I said you know what I'll just go and see what it's about so I went in I hadn't got a clear what I was doing and I just seen a girl like with a six-pack and she was actually going in to compete in bodybuilding and I was like oh I want that so I just seen a six pack and just fell in love with it and then I was speaking to another guy that was in the gym and he trained there for a while and I was asking him would he help me mm. with the competition and warm up to it. So he was like yeah but you have to eat this and you have to eat that and it took me a while like I didn't I couldn't just go and jump in and start eating like I was in the gym for like endless hours a day like six hours and just living off energy drinks sugar free energy drinks and stuff. Mm. And he was like, you're going to have to start eating because you want to build muscle, you have to grow and you, that's what you have to do. So I was taking one step forward and ten back yeah. every time that I could see myself putting on weight. Because if I couldn't get my hands around my toes, like my fingers around my tie, I knew that I'm after putting on weight. Yeah. So I'd mm. always starve myself to go back again. So your, your goals and your, uh, your goals and your habits have been very much against each other yeah. in time. But... Um, what in the in the head in your head did you shift? Did you see that getting a six pack as a, a positive shift, or like say something I wanted to attain versus, you know, the way you were would have been with the anorexia where your eating was very, you're afraid of eating. What kind of made you realize? What was the big thing that made you realize I need to start eating more? What was the biggest shift? It was after like I was training all the time and I could see that there was a bit of definition coming on, but I was actually getting thinner like, and I would only eat one meal and that was at the end of the night. Like after the whole day without any food at all, just living off Diet Coke and energy drinks, like, and then I had one meal at the end of the night and it just wasn't working, you know. How did you find your training was back then? It was probably very, very tir- more tiring than, than uplifting in a sense, like you were probably... I actually started to see like little tiny results, like little striations on my shoulders and like a little bit of a bicep and a bit of an ab and I was just like, oh lovely and I just kept going and going and going. And I remember the gym owner, he was like, you actually have to eat more. You have to eat. And I was just like, what, like Rice Krispies and all? He was like, no, stay away from them. So they were cut off then. And, you know, it was just like, it was a vicious circle. Mm. It was just like... You're fearful of food then. I was, for two reasons, rather than just, mm. we're afraid of eating the wrong food, rather than at the time, you probably, any food would have been a benefit to, for your system. Like yeah. The lower the calories you are, any food that you can digest, and you can, any, any eating is good eating. And the almost like the fearful nature of like oh we eat this is bad but you're probably at a stage where you've anything you would have eaten would have been of a massive benefit to your to your overall health because at, at that stage it's calories in calories out like yeah. any excess is, is fantastic because your body will will soak it up so um what would have been the the initial things that would have kind of been yourself that the, the with the anorexia what would have been the not the cause but what have been the steps that would have made you realize that you were oh i'm I'm, it is an eating disorder or it's, it is something that I've, you know, I, I'm in, I have to be in massive control of my calorie intake. What was the kind of the things that might have brought you towards? So where, 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 did, the, where did the anorexia start um, or how did it start? Well, I left school, I think I was 15 or something when yeah. I left school. 
and it was just a big altercation that happened in the school so I ended up deciding to leave school at 15 and um, I was in third year or second year so I had to go and get homeschooled for the like to do my junior certificate because I wouldn't leave the house like and mm. um, so then after that um, I was I started working in the pound shop and um, I was I told them I was 16 but I actually wasn't, I was only 15, just to try and do something and get out there. Mm, yeah. um, it, it got really bad in there, that's when I started starving myself, you know. Like bad in there, what were you, like, um, felt like you were bullying and work and stuff like that kind of thing, is it? Or? No, not in work, I think it was the whole altercation with school and having to leave school, like, and I had friends in school that, like, I just had to leave, and one day I was in school and I just didn't go back. So you kind of felt alone, like, in a sense? Yeah, so I started working up in the pound shop and I had a boyfriend at the time, and I, each day I was just, like, cutting my food down more and more, and, like, it got to a stage where I was counting the calories and it was like, 500 calories and I was like well I'll get lower the next day I'll go 450 did and they just kept dropping and dropping and dropping did you find the food or something you could you could have absolute control over? I had control on yeah, my food so you know was it more like you kind of lost control with school and then all of a sudden it was like what have I got and it was like well I can start to take control of this food without the, the you didn't really have a goal in the sense that every day was how many calories can I control but I didn't realise that at the time it was only till my mum said I think it, it the anorexia is a whole thing of control, mm. you know, that you can control your food and you couldn't, couldn't control anything else. Yeah. So she thinks that it could have all stemmed off of that, but yeah. I myself, I don't know because... Yeah, well, like, well, when, when people have traumas and stuff like that, like, and especially when, like, if there is a breakdown in a relationship, like, you can't actually, um, like, it's something you can't fix because two people need to be involved to fix that yeah. so maybe by you controlling your eating and stuff like that that's how that's how you kind of like yeah um, and managed that kind of like that kind of grief that kind of loss you know yeah. what I mean so maybe that control was your way to kind of empower yourself you know what I mean well it, it got worse than after that yeah. though because with the job they actually co contacted my father to right. say that like I I don't even know how to say it. Like, I was dangerous to work there because I was after getting so frail and fragile. Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I, I lost. Yeah, I would have been liable or something to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so they started dropping me hours in work, and I I couldn't understand why. And I think my dad ended up going up, and like this only got told to me there, like not even that long ago. Did anyone confront you more because the your relation to not anyone ever mentioned why you were in the state of dropping your college, anyone commenting on it to you? They were just wondering why I just had a diet seven up every day for a lunch break of eight hours, like, and mm. why I didn't eat anything. Were you like. weak and work and stuff like that? No, 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 I was always a ball of energy, like, I always had, I pulled mm. energy from somewhere now, but that was, that was only at the start of the anorexia. Then, when I had to start going to see counsellors and stuff, yeah. I went to see this girl, and it was, like for children at the time, I think it was the matter for children. Right. Because I was obviously underage, so I couldn't go like to Bowmount or anything. So she used to weigh me, like do a weekly weigh in each week. And I remember I used to put phones in my pockets to make me weight go up yeah, and yeah. drink loads of water before I went in to her. So my weight would always be going up on the scale. Less pressure for yeah. people around you. Yeah, yeah, because if I got to a certain weight, that's when I would have had to go into hospital to get fed through a tube. So, because, like, my mum was like, you have to go and see somebody, because she's seen your weight just dropping drastically, like, mm. over a really short period of time, like. Yeah, so it's, the, the, you know, it's, you, you figure out ways of hiding everything from everyone, like, so it's not as if, you know, you see a lot of, nowadays, or some people will try to show off wherever, like, but it's, it's, it was hiding, like, no Yeah, I was hiding under big baggy clothes, like, so nobody would notice. No, common. I'd have, like, three or four pairs of trousers when I was going to get weighed in, like, so. I'd obviously be weighing extra, mm. but then they sent me, I think it was, it was to a hospital and I didn't know what I was there for because I was always going into the hospitals in and out and I didn't know and I didn't really care at the time either. What did you find the people who were like, were the nice to deal with or who were, who were trying to help you in the hospitals? Were they well, the, the counsellor was, mm. I, I went to two counsellors, first it was a male and then I got sent to a female because I was obviously getting worse like mm. so. 
she sent me in and I'd never forget it. The nurse came out and handed my mum a letter and she handed it straight to me and she said, open it and read it. And I opened it and it said, I diagnosed a regal anorexia nervosa. Sorry. Oh, go on, take your time, it's sorry. There's no rush on any of this. Yeah, absolutely. You just uh, get your bearings and just relax. It's really hard to talk about stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. And then I looked at my mum and she said, you have, baby, you have got it. And I just, it didn't feel real, like, and I kept fighting it and fighting it. As if it wasn't true, like. Mm. And you were diagnosed. Did, what was the like the next step for you in your head? What 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 clicked or changed? Versus, you might have in the back of your head thought you had some sort of eating disorder, but when it was actually diagnosed, was there a, a big shift in your? No, because I didn't think I had an eating disorder. Yeah. I I was in denial, like. I think, I think with a lot of people in in when it's only when it's confronted with them, they're they've been unaware in a sense. Do they think their habits are just, they're just, I'm just doing this for my control, or they don't actually see it as the, the big thing it might be, or they, they might be unaware of that the simple steps they're doing are, are steps closer to being either anorexic or other eating disorders, or even with overeating. They're, they just think this is how I'm surviving. They don't see it as, yeah. a, not necessarily, people might, on the outside you hear anorexia, and it's it's a bad thing, but it might be just a coping mechanism with <clears throat> Well, lifestyle until it's, it's me, you're made aware of it, you might be completely oblivious. Like, you know, as you said, it was a shock in yeah. your system. And like people around you might have seen it as a shock, but you personally, it's like you, you don't, it's not fully aware because you're just doing things you do in day to day to survive. It's not that you're purposely doing it to create, I want to be anorexic or I, I need to eat like an anorexic. You're just, this is my day, this is how I live, this is how I eat. This. You mightn't give me a name. But you could be living in it, and people might be living in it for very long times and be unaware. And all of a sudden, when it's it's named, it, it almost seems worse. Well, it's it's not worse that it's been named because you're you're still in that state where you're you're not looking after yourself, or you're you're trying to. Well, you you are looking after yourself. You're trying to survive with with your habits. Like that's all we all are. People have bad habits because it's it's coping. You're trying to survive whether it's with under-eating, over-eating, not sleeping, energy drinks, whatever it is, bad food, good food drugs, narcotics, cigarettes, drink, it's, they don't see it until someone actually says, listen, you're drinking too much, Graham, you're, you're doing this, you're doing yeah. that. So it's like, the fact that someone told you was probably more of a shock to you than anyone else in the room. So like, it's not that it's, it's obvious to you. Some people think that they're, people walk around with depression and it's quite obvious that they're depressed, but some people just think that's how they have to feel. You know, it's yeah. not that they're depression or sadness or anorexia, it's just, it's, they're not anorexic, it's just you're yourself. You're not anorexic, you're just surviving as Ulrike. You're not, you don't see yourself named as an anorexic. You probably just think that that's all I'm doing. I can't see yeah. it. Why are you calling me anorexic? I'm not, this is not what I'm doing. It's, it still probably was very much, it was a shock. Yeah. It was like, as you've seen even there, like the way it hit you when you said it again, you weren't, you didn't think you were. No. It was completely no. a shock to yeah. you. So like, you know, people can walk around with 101 things in their head and it might have a name on a piece of paper but they might necessarily see it as this. It's just, I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. I'm just trying to get through it, today. It, it, it's tough, like a lot of, a lot of uh, people I work with, it's tough. When they get given a label, like and that's exactly what that is, it's a label, like you know, and like, it's like they believe, oh, that's, I'm, I'm that, I am that, and that's it. You know what I mean? And some people, like, they don't want to be that, they just they want to be themselves, you know, but when they're called something else, you know what I mean? But to them, that's not normal, like, yeah. you know. Because their, their whole lifestyle is, they've been living for how many years has kept them alive. Like, yeah. you know, they don't know anything, they might be in the best state of health, but at the same time, in their head, they might be thinking, this is what's kept me alive. Yeah. Like, you know, these tools, like whether it's reading, <coughs> under-reading, drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. like, you know, people are doing this, you know, people are saying, oh, you're doing that to kill yourself, it's probably the reason I don't do something bad, it's because I have control here. Yeah. You know, people use drink as an outlet, and it's as, as horrifying from the outside to see, oh, that lad's an alcoholic. And I was like, an alcoholic, he might have done something worse to himself. Do you know, it's, it's not necessarily, it's it's always victimized. This label makes you feel like, oh, I've, I've done something wrong. Or it's like, that's the only thing I'm doing to survive. It's not, it doesn't make me a bad person. It's keeping me on here, it's keeping me going. I'm sorry if it offends you, or you see that the label makes it worse, but it's, the label means nothing. Yeah. Like, there's 101 people diagnosed with depression, they spend their whole time trying to make everyone happy. And then there's other people who aren't diagnosed with depression and they're just miserable. Like so, the label in itself 
you know, it's it can hit you twice as hard than the actual illness because you think that I'm not that, I'm not this, this is who I am, you're I'm a Marika, I'm not anorexic. The name, the tag hasn't defined my entire personality. And some people unfortunately wants to be diagnosed with something, they don't come through it. They they yeah. label like if someone says oh, I have depression all of a sudden they're wearing it like a cross their whole life and it's very unfortunate, like, you know, whereby you on the other hand you took it and you, you move forward and you've actually ran with it and you've you've used that tag to kind of yeah. distance yourself like, forward. Like, in, in a sense like you have to hit rock bottom in a sense so today you find out like yeah that's what you have you've anorexia nervosa so that's that's you hitting rock bottom and now it's time to kind of raise you know let's tell you all yeah. these things so like after after you found out that obviously you were devastated and all but what was your next step like what happened it actually next? got worse then i got yeah. i got really bad depression right um i was on antidepressants then for quite a while but because I wasn't eating, they like, I used to just fall asleep. They like used to knock me out, like basically. Yeah. You know, I was on them for a, like a long time. I was suicidal at one stage, cause I just, I didn't know what to do, like. You weren't, you just, uh, yeah. especially with some of the, yeah, I you didn't weren't know. eating, you were the sleep, the, the excessive sleep is almost one of the worst things yeah. in the world. Yeah. Cause you're just going from, the, being awake seems to be a punishment or something. Like when you're awake, you just seem to suffer. So you'll you'll go to your tablets because they just make it all black out. They make yeah. everything go quiet. And the, the the worst thing about them is I've been on antidepressants as well, and they're addictive because they numb everything. And like the, yeah. the numbing is might be grand in the short term, but ultimately it makes the monster bigger in the room. Like you wake up days feeling worse and worse and worse, and you don't think there's an end to it. But no, that's the unfortunately they 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 have their place immediately. They can help you in the short term. But me personally speaking, I found them that they were just overwhelming in the end. Yeah. It's like, I was like, I need my tablets, where are my tablets? And then mixed with the painkillers that I needed, that I was given by my doctor, just made me a vegetable. So like, you're you're not able to think straight, you're not able to focus straight. So it takes an awful lot to be able to step out of that. And like mm. the fact that you have stepped out and moved, like from what I think of a million steps forward in relation to what you're doing now, currently where your situation with your training is, it's crazy like to come that far from it. But it's what made you, what became the thing that you made you leave, that get rid of the antidepressants or move forward or realize. I yourself. actually, because like I couldn't control myself, like so I'd just fall asleep, like just mm -hmm. sitting here, like I could mm -hmm. just fall asleep, like and I wouldn't even feel tired, it just knocked me out, like mm -hmm. and I was like, that's not normal, like I'd be driving my car sometime and I'd be just gone, like mm -hmm. so I just said, I'm going off them, like and my mum was like, you have to wean yourself off them, I was like, no. Call Turkey, don't want them. Just didn't hate them anymore. Like, how did you find that? I, w I was still so depressed. I was always crying, but my body was starved and nutrition. I wouldn't eat. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you need to eat for your brain, like, just for your brain to function. Think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, at this point, like, with anorexia nervosa itself, like, like, you get people that, like, they'll, they do different, they do different things. Like, they either don't sleep. They don't eat together, like they don't eat or sleep, like they're afraid or something. But um, like, were you exercising excessively or anything like that? Oh or, no, I or, didn't. Or you just didn't do anything, you just weren't eating. No, I just wasn't no. eating. I didn't exercise nothing. Hmm. Back then, like I was fifteen when this all happened. Like yeah, you know. So, exercise would have never been something I'd even think of doing. You'd be to stay awake. Yeah, I was too lazy yeah. to exercise. Like I just. It wasn't even lazy, it's just you weren't, you had nothing in you. Yeah, so you had like, no energy to all do All the motivation that. in the world yeah. is like myself and Dave trying for strong and all the motivation is great in the world, but even on an empty stomach for a few days, for a few hours, I mean, so can take it out, you never mind long you get hungry. starvation. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that like if you were, be more surprised if you wanted to train than not, like, so it's so a big thing with people think that like, oh, you know, it's a matter of flicking the switch and wanting to go train and they're like, God, I wish it was that simple. Like, you know, that's people that they're suffering with depression or anorexia or that, like, you know, exercise is a cure, but there's a few steps in between to actually yeah. get the energy. Because, like, there's nothing worse than going to try to do something and be utterly defeated at the first step by lack of energy. Yeah. It's like, you know, the people think it's like, you know, no one wakes up in the morning, jump up happy and motivated to suddenly transform their entire life. And even it says that probably wasn't that sad in the first place. Or yeah. probably wasn't that tired or that sick. For me, like you know, it's, when I went back in, when I fell down about five or six times before I stood back up, and for, you know, people need to understand that like exercise, there's many steps before your exercise that you 
with anorexia to exercise took a lot of steps. So what was the kind of the first step you probably said moving forward in, the, in a positive sense in relation to the relationship between exercise and anorexia? So what was the first thing you did well, to start? Before kind of kick into that, so you went off your meds. How long, how long, how long were you taking the medication for? I'd say about, maybe it was two years. Right. So, so how, how old would you have been about then? Would you be nearly 18, you're saying? Yeah, about 17. About yeah. 17, 18. And then, like, so you went cold turkey, turkey on the meds. So where did you go from there, like? I was just, like, I didn't take the meds anymore. Like, I just kept walking. Yeah, and you, know? and you didn't, uh, you were still, you still weren't eating and stuff like that? No, I was eating right. very little, you know, because my mum would always be like, you had nothing to eat today, or, mm. you know, yeah, and I'd much. try and lie yeah. and... So, yeah, so, but so, so when did you decide, like, I, I need to make a change, I need to start going to the gym, or when did you decide to start going to the gym? When um, that gym owner was speaking to me and right. told me to go, and I was just like, why would I need to go? And I just said, you know, I'll, I'll just see what it's about, you know? Because yeah. my sister was really big into the gym right. at this time. Well, before that, that's, that's kind of how, like, one of the parts of the anorexia started off. Yeah. Because she was overly training. Yeah. And she lost loads of weight. And my mum was like, she's actually starting to get sick now. But she was training from a bad relationship. And we, I was going out or one of the nights. This was before I went anorexic. And my mum texted her, did you see the size of her legs? And that was something else that triggered off my head about yeah. my legs. And then yeah. I started eating like breadsticks. That's when I started cutting the calories down. You know? Yeah. But it was just like little comments. Like I, I know my mum definitely didn't mean... To for like me to be hurt by that she tried to make my sister cop on like you're getting too skinny mm. she's in your jeans and they're tightening her like Ulrika was always skinnier you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah but I picked you. it up the wrong way bam yeah I get you, you know, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The it, makes you, it makes you feel bad yeah yeah, yeah so like, so yeah so you started going to the gym and stuff like that what kind of what, what was your what was your diet like actually day to day before like like what would like like so, when you were a, when you were a kid, like, and yeah, forced uh, pick this up. What were you eating? And like, or obviously there'd be days where you wouldn't eat anything at all, is there? Yeah. And then like, if you did have a meal, what would you eat? About like, there's these little things back then called Melba toast. So it's like basically a cracker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd have like three of them. Oh yeah, yeah. I know them. They're kind of like a droid kind of toast bread. Or yeah, something. they're like fucking rotten. Yeah, <laughs> rotten. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have like three of them because there was nineteen calories in them. So that's what I I'd have. Like, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. See, fifty-seven calories a day. Like, it's just <laughs> mad. Yeah, like because well. I just started cutting, and then I got to a stage where I started thinking like, is that calories in toothpaste and. You know stuff like that yeah yeah so like i just got very nervous then like but I, like i never googled anything because google wasn't about that then yeah. it wasn't that popular that you'd google everything like yeah yeah, yeah. but again it's, it's even in the the community with anorexia it's almost there's the less information almost the better because you see there's some things that are over certain hashtags are used for like among the anorexia community to pass messages like bro what's bad, what's good not to eat or What's what's the secret way of starving? How to avoid it? So, almost the lesson you back then, and you didn't realize you were just yourself dealing with it because obviously sometimes these communities can be very very negative in a sense. Yeah. More you yeah. don't realize there's a whole negative support community versus like how can you get better at being anorexic? So you're almost looking in a sense that you less information you knew yeah. the better. So yeah. all, and at the same time you said you didn't know you were anorexic. No. You didn't. It wasn't like that. Oh, and I was in denial because yeah. I'm so stubborn. I was like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then my mum was crying and she was like, yeah. Some people would be out there might have, again, it's it's hidden. So like they might have an eating habit that they don't realise is maybe this is unhealthy. Yeah. Some people, or maybe people, everything just tastes nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that, like it's, some people are like, you know, how do I lose weight? There are people who like, can be massively overweight and all of a sudden they, they get a, a taste for fasting. I can fast for 24 hours. How long can I fast for? You know, people know some are going dizzy. And like, people can go from very heavy to extreme fasting. Yeah. Extreme. Yeah. This can be a step towards, again, it's all eating. It's like fasting is grand for 24 hours or a little cut up. But some people can, how long can I go without food? And then with the energy drinks everywhere. People live on tin air and energy drinks, and someone might actually be in a state where, like, crap, I haven't eaten properly in the last three or four days, yeah. but I'm losing weight, and I'm, they don't realize that they're, they're living on tin air. People might be developing eating disorders without even, you know, we don't know. Yeah. People are like, mm -hmm. this is a really good habit, I've lost 10 pounds this week, 
this feels fantastic. I'm losing weight whereby they're not up to the fact that they feel like absolute crap. They have like, you know, no diet whereby you don't eat food is good for you. Even if it's a liquid diet, it's probably not the best either, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, people can be just existing and don't realise that it's an eating disorder. I might just think it's a little trick they found. Yeah. I don't eat for three days and then eat for one day and I do this like and then hiding it from everyone like you know, oh, how would you feel? Oh it's great, it's grand, but I don't think people realise how it's like an eating disorder can be many different shapes and forms, not just living on fifty calories a day, it might be living yeah. on a thousand calories a day. It's you know, there's some people that, that would like me and they were on a thousand calories a day would be very miserable very quickly and that's you know, it's, it's fifty seven, a thousand might sound like a lot to some people, but even a fit a thousand could be very, very low for an awful lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. So, so where we, so yeah, when did the gym kind of come in? When did you start deciding to train? After I spoke to that owner, the gym owner, and yeah. I just went in, and I went in and I was trying for stupid hours and just drinking energy drinks and stuff to get and me you were through. St- and you were still still battling with the anorexia then yeah. as well? Yeah. What type of stuff were you doing in the gym? I went into the gym, I think I was 36 kilos going into the gym. So everybody looked at me anyway, and they're like, what is she doing here, basically? Yeah. You know, but they never look like she's here to better herself. They're like... They don't even give you a hand in it. Ah, yeah, you had a few people, you know, like, trying to help me out and mm-hmm. stuff, but... Sometimes they can almost feel like they're, they're putting their nose in where it's on you. Yeah, like, yeah. Sweet people might mean have the best intentions in the world, but people in your... When you're body conscious and you're obsessed over everything, you might be thinking like, is it a negative environment or is it for a negative thing or a positive thing? So it's even like approaching someone, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Even working in industries where you see someone in the gym that might have an eating disorder, it's like approaching someone to try and help them is a bomb. You don't yeah. just walk up, hey, you need to look like you need to eat. Like, that's probably the worst thing you can say yeah. to someone. So, you know, it's very hard to even approach someone. So the fact that if you had a few positive people around you, you were probably very, very lucky. Yeah, I was, yeah. Be an awful, I think this wrong thing said to you at the wrong time can be an absolute time oh well there was yeah. a few like and you need a stew injection and all this stuff but yeah. you know what i mean i'd just idiots probably yeah, yeah. i just <laughs> i wouldn't listen to that i wouldn't take any heed of that like. no yeah. so, so like you were training and stuff like that like and you but you weren't eating like how was how, how was your body feeling then oh well i felt i think it was more adrenaline that got me through it you know what i mean yeah. like so i'd see myself like getting a bit of muscle and I was happy with that, and then when I seen the girl with the six pack, I was like, I want that. Yeah. So I approached a guy in the gym that he he trained there like three times a day, like he was just an animal for training. So I asked him, would he help me prep for the competition coming up? And he was like, yeah, no problem. So he's like, you have to eat this. I was like, I don't think I can. And he's like, just try it, just try it, and I'll trust me, you won't get fat. So. That took an awful lot to put me trust in him, like. Yeah, yeah. But um, he helped me now, big time. So he helped me for the first competition. And I'll never forget when I got off the stage and I didn't place top six. I was devastated. Devastated. Now, in fairness, he never coached anybody for a show before. But the fact he was a positive influence and got you. Yeah, yeah. I'll forever thank him for that, you know. Like, I've even said, one of the reasons, like, I was talking to Graham about this podcast and stuff like that. And we were saying like like even to get someone to get to get onto a stage and compete, anyone to go and do a like to, to do a strongman competition or a powerlifting competition, and even if you go and come and come last, like it's just like the achievement of actually going and stepping onto You've a stage, like, yeah, stepping yeah. onto a platform yeah. or doing a competition, whatever. It's just it, like it it is phenomenal. Like you know what I mean? Because you'll get a lot of lads in the gym, and they'll do this and they'll be the biggest guy there and the strongest guy there and stuff like that. They've never actually gone and proved it to anyone. Lost like, they've, they've beaten, yeah, they've yeah, yeah. Their nose, like, you know, Absolutely, that's, yeah. That's the hardest. Like, it's mm. I prepped for a competition myself, and I fell short. And anyone who I just I thought I was in good. I thought I was doing well, but there's there's an extra level in a person needed to be able to finish it out, follow it through, get on stage, and stand up in front of your peers and be judged. Like that takes great strength. Like that's that alone is never mind lifting mm. three hundred kilos in the gym. It's Stepping on stage in front of that to be judged at the highest level by some of the harshest critics. Yeah. Like, never mind your place, you stood there. And like obviously like you know the fact that you've you've taken a good few steps forward since you probably had the, the strength and character to affect this, I'm gonna go back and do it again. I yeah. didn't when I got off the stage I was I I never forget it, I roared crying and the guy that helped me, like prepped me for it, 
he was like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you can go again. I was like, no, I'm never competing ever, ever again. Yeah. And I said that, like, no, I'm not doing it. He was like, just go for it. I was like, no, that's it, it's, it's done now. So he persuaded me into going for it, to go and compete in the next one. So I, the first two weeks later, was it? No, no, it was the, in the April. Right, so it was a spring show? Yeah, because mm. the first one I done was the 20th of September 2015. That Nabbit or...? Um, Fightex Extravaganza. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, true yeah. RIBBF. Yeah. So then the one after that then was Spring Classics in April. And he was like, I'm telling you, I'll get you top six. So we, we trained real hard then for that one. And I placed top six. And your, I, food, your food was probably significantly more when you were training. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was training with him three times a day then. Mm. When did you, you realise that the food, like, I need this food, like this is... After the fourth competition. Yeah. So that's like, that's yeah. Did you, did you, did you, like, see, you would have hated food and stuff like that, so was there ever a point, did you, did you actually, did, did you like eating? Did you get used to eating, like, in a sense? Because, like, like, I know, like, some people, like, do, do be competing and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, like, oh, I love this time of year, like, I can eat, like, and, you know what I mean? But you, you wouldn't have, you, you, like, you wouldn't have been eating a lot anyway. No, but so it taking killed in me. the more oh, so you didn't you actually you actually you didn't enjoy eating the more calories. No, it killed me. My stomach was like I felt like my stomach was gonna explode. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. was so like, your just, stomach gonna be so small. Yeah, because I all shrunk in like, mm-hmm. and he was just like, eat what you can, eat what you can. So yeah. So like yeah, that's another thing there. Just uh, you have to get me interested in. So like, yeah, your stomach would have been a lot smaller and stuff like that. So like how many meals a day were you getting and like what kind of size like so would you have a breakfast? Um yeah I'd have a breakfast I can't remember what I was at. protein pancakes for me breakfast. So protein pancakes yes yeah, it's just not too bad you like, know, I suppose. But like I could only eat like a half one at the start because it was. And would it be like this size or? Yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. T- pretty small like yeah, you know. Yeah and so you'd like, eat half of that. Yeah. Right so then like kind of many meals a day were you having? Four. Four so then what would your next meal be? It was veg. I never forget it because I was like, I can't eat veg. I'm gonna get sick. Like and he was like, you just have to. So there was veg and a little bit of rice. Yeah. And then the next one was no chicken or anything. No, you don't eat meat. Do I did. I did, but not now. But really? like, I think he had me on chicken for the last one. Three shines in the diet, like yeah. No meat for bodybuilding is kind of. Yeah, I'm a pescatarian, yeah. basically. Ah, you're, you're a meat eater. No, but even, <laughs> but even, even, even when like you were prepping that time, like if you were having veg, you were, you were eating meat at that point, right? No, no. Oh, you weren't eating meat no. then? All right, then. All right, so go on. So you were having so a bit I, of veg and... A bit of veg, a bit of rice. rice. So no protein there at all? About like. half a tin of tuna or a quarter of a tin. Oh, with that? Yeah. All right, then. I wouldn't, so there's your, tuna, there's your protein. Yeah, there. like I wouldn't have it a lot, you yeah. know, so he was just trying to... Like, let me warm up into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because this yeah. was in September, so he was like, right, you'd be starting your cut then in January, February for your show in April. So I was yeah. like, right. So, like, we just walked up little bits each week. He was like, okay. Right. And did you find you were able to eat more and more? I know, I struggled. Did I you? struggled, yeah. yeah. I struggled. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to get sick after every meal, and then mm-hmm. I could see myself putting on a bit of weight. He was like, please, just trust me. I was like, right. He's like, I'll get you there, I promise. So. Yeah, well, you're very lucky that you had someone that you could trust in. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a very harsh game competing. I've had a lot of friends that competed, and you know, some guys who are prepping can be extraordinarily harsh, even because, again, with the words you use, like one of the things, the one word, one phrase yeah. can sit in your head for your entire life. So someone says, You look a bit fat today, that one thing could sit yeah. on you forever well, but you would have never said but see you were like lucky that, you, you were very lucky because yeah. like it's the end that use words especially in my industry you, know, you need to know someone inside out and back to front before you use any words like, yeah. like the word Absolutely. calling someone fat is probably one of the most insulting things you can do to a person they've come like you know so like even if you're not even in a joking order like oh jeez a bit of weight on you today that could be detrimental for the rest of the process yeah. they could sit in their head for two years that time you called me fat so the fact that someone who was caring enough was you were blessed in the sense that like yeah. someone to look after you it's it's hugely important and again it's you, you were lucky you asked for help from the right person yeah like, you know, that some because thing. i actually asked somebody else and he sent me on to him hmm. he's like he's right. great he's great go over to him ask him and i was like right so i, I was like I, like if it's too much it's grand like hmm. i just want you to help he's like yeah no problem but I was like, just please don't make me fat. That was my only worry, like, please. Yeah. But I was looking at him and he was shredded. 
all the time like yeah. Yeah. trains three hours a day I was like he knows why he's down so I'll trust him like yeah. and it took an awful lot like but he, he obviously had great patience as well because it's it's easy to, to have when you're feeding anyone to get stronger to change that muscle it's easy when they want to eat yeah. it's near impossible when they don't want to eat like you know when you're, you're the bodybuilder's dream is to get their calories up yeah. it's not to get them taken away so like the fact is most prep coaches like that you know if they love an athlete that could starve themselves because that way that you see with some coaches that they just starve the girls on the stage yeah like when you were lucky you had someone who says no let's eat because you'd be a dream to some coaches i barely eat great let's starve you on the stage like and whereby this guy realistically was like you need to eat the feed to grow you're very very lucky in that sense so he minded you like that's yeah he, did, he yeah. didn't just prep you he, he got you there safely and he's, he allowed you to step forward like, you know, it's that in itself is some people just like you know they give you an exercise and want to kill you with it and then they give you no calories and want to starve you with it but you found someone yeah. that was like let's look at this in the bigger picture let's get you eating like you know yeah. adding food to like and even you had the the common sense to say right i'll fight this out and stick this through there's yeah. so many people that started and they just three or four this is crap this is hard i don't want to for the strength alone to be able to go against all your intuition all what you've lived and learned with that's 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 crazy because i think it was after the first competition where i was so disheartened mm. and everybody was like making a joke of me like because i didn't come anywhere you know what i mean yeah and i was like fuck this well, because this everyone in the gym like, everyone in the gym like yeah mm. like it, it, not even everybody in the gym like even like people on facebook on social media or everything like you know yeah, they're people, like oh, people want to people who do nothing want to get out gorgeous, you for yeah. something yeah absolutely yeah so i said you know it's, it's, it's good as well that you like a lot of people will fall at that like oh maybe i'm not maybe i'm not good enough but the fact that you you strength the character to say actually yeah, 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 is yeah, all yeah, like i'm not proving you wrong it's because yeah. i'm too stubborn yeah. i'm just like i have to do this now you yeah. know it can be very it can be a very useful powerful tool for yourself like a lot of people say that's feeding into negative emotion but if it allows you to become stronger it's not particularly negative they're the negative ones you're the one whose self-belief is quite high so to prove the to prove the doubt is wrong isn't a negative thing it's a very positive thing it's like self-belief is is huge like to, to get that sort of quality and mindset is a lot of people need that in life like to be able to say like actually feck is all i am well capable of doing this i'm not like i lost so what like i'm not done yet i've still plenty of time to come back and come back and that kind of mindset shows it's great energy like that's it's very hard to have but i wasn't going to though but you did though I mean, you, might, he, you might have hemmed and hawed yeah. but like you still stepped up yeah like it might have yeah. taken you a few weeks but some people never never come back some people will do one thing be beaten and disappear off the face of the earth for the rest of life it's you know that one hit wonders but the fact is that it might have took you a few weeks but it only took you a few weeks some people have lived their whole life with regret not stepping back on stage or not stepping back up to the competition or not recovering from a defeat like you know yeah. like liverpool fans they never give up <laughs> I think you're a little. I am, yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's yours. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That this mentality. year, that year. That's it. That mentality is built. Explains everything now. So, so like um, you, you said then you done the next competition and you came sixth. Yeah, I placed top oh, six. So how did you how did you feel about doing that? Did you feel you achieved something then? I was in shock and I'd never forget he popped his head behind the court and I was like I'm top six what like and he was like I knew it so yeah. when I got called out I didn't know the results then like they only took called out top three but I actually played sixth yeah, I great. can't remember I think that was about ten in my category yeah. but I was delighted with that I was seven yeah. percent body fat for that one and I said I want to get down to six percent body fat for my next one right. so the next one I had with them was nationals and I ended up in hospital four weeks before my show body fat dropped too low, sodium was too low, mm. I kept fainting, getting dizzy spells, nearly crashed the car, I was like right, so I went to hospital, I went on a trip and I just seen sodium on it, I was yeah. like no, I'm not allowed any salt, because I was so, yeah, it's all changed now, so stuck into plan, like, I was like no, I'm not allowed salt and all, and my mum's like you have to get the drip, so I'm sitting there with the drip in, and they put one in, and then the next bag in, I was like, are they winding me up? Like, yeah. But uh, I had a friend, I had a friend compete, and he ended up trying to make weight, and he ended up in hospital on a on a trip, quite sick as well. He ended up doing the show somehow because he's mm. crazy and intense. Yeah, I done it as well. Came yeah. nowhere. I was fucking raging, really? raging. Yeah. Well, so like after that, then what what, what was going the next for you then? Where did you go bodybuilding wise? I took a year out then. Yeah. Took time to grow. I am. Um, and, and and what way did like did you grow? Actually, yeah. So you were you went to grow. So you could eat more. We eat more, were you? The, well, what way were you actually? I was forty on the first show where I placed top six. I was fifty kilo. Right. But then I qualified for another show, Natalia Mello. Right. In August. 
Yeah. So I was trying to stay leanish for that one. Yeah. And then I was speaking to a judge off RIBBF and he said, no, I wouldn't do that one. So I ended up pulling out of that one. And then I just had my head down for nationals yeah. that October. But I said that lean for the whole thing. So I lost muscle and I was 46 kilo, at 6% body fat. So I was like, oh no, like I lost four kilo of muscle basically. Like, so then and I was, was like, very hard fought for as well. Yeah, so I was devastated over that. So I said, right, I'll take a year out. So I took a year out and then I done NABBA and I was 52 kilo getting on stage then. So I put on six kilo in the year. 52 kilo, I think I was. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good weight, like muscle, like. Yeah, I was 8% right. or 9% body yeah. fat. Um, I placed second qualified for Europeans then. How was, how was your food then? Probably a lot more, were you? Oh, through the roof, like, literally mm. through the roof. And what, kind of, what, what, what was your kind of day today to it? Like, just. Clean food, like, I'd never go off plan, like, Christmas Day. I don't have a Christmas Day dinner. Right. I'm on my plan, like, all year mm. round, yeah. no matter what day it is, like. Yeah. You know, I'd never go off the plan now, like. Right. And, and and you think like you don't go off the plan uh, because like you're afraid like you'll put on like that kind of shitty weight that you had or that you'll like if you say if you you sat there and you ate like a couple of bars out of a selection box a load of potatoes a load of stuffing and stuff like that and but like would you in your head go oh no way i'm gonna get really fat and would you afraid it trigger the whole anorexia coming yeah. back yeah like, mm. Like, yeah. I wouldn't let myself eat certain kind of foods yeah. now. Like, I'd love to go out and be able to eat a chocolate muffin, but I can't because I'm not allowed. Right. That mm. will always be in my head. The anorexia yeah. lives with you. Yeah. People yeah. recover from it, but that, that little fucker's always in the back of your head. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You're not allowed to eat this, you're not allowed to eat that. Mm. Like, the, the way you're going now, it's, it's happier and it's healthier. Yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah, it's like people say, well, I don't think you should have done bodybuilding because it's one addiction to another. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you're alive and you're thriving now. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. Like, yeah, well, that's, that's I love trial weights around. Everyone, you know everyone mean? will like to tell you, like, oh, this is the best way of doing this, this best way of doing that. But you look at it in the sense that, like, I feel a thousand times better. I'm proud of myself. I'm happy. I'm not hiding anything I do. So, like, you know, whether people like to scream at you, that's one addiction to another, but you're happy and you're healthy, which is like, you know, that's a lot of people aren't. And generally, people calling the names and, oh, that's a crap, that's bad, they're probably not very happy in themselves as well. So, the yeah. fact you have a lot more control, which is like, you know, that's a fantastic thing. You know, I'm not allowed to eat this. And I was like, well, good. It's going to take away from my goals. My goals are bigger than this short-term satisfaction. Yeah. You know, that's one of my biggest failings is I can't say no to the fork, like end the story. <laughs> I won't lie about it. But at the same time, the fact that you can do that because you've, you're have you thinking further down the line rather than, you know, delayed gratification is a huge thing in people's success. So that is a very powerful tool. Like some of yeah. the greatest athletes in the world, they live by that. Like, you know, that's their delayed gratification. They're not concerned about a meal here or there. They're concerned about the bigger picture. And the normal folk might think that's missing a meal or not eating Christmas dinner is a bit extreme. But it's only a Christmas dinner. It's not the end of the absolute yeah, world. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if your whole life is based on having a Christmas dinner, you probably need to have bigger goals. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, 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 so that's a good thing that that control allows you to focus on pushing forward. Whereby some people just see that as pure negativity. It's like that's, so everyone has their goal. Like some people don't eat meat because they're vegans and that's their belief. Fantastic. Absolutely, you know, like I, I am a fecker for skitting them, but at the same time, they're not taking any of my meat. So, like, the fact that I'm happy with what's on my plate, they're not, they should be happy with their plate. But other people get upset that you're, oh, you're not having your Christmas dinner. So, what? Mind your own business. Yeah, mind your own business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not you. Yeah, what exactly you that. Yeah. But see, yeah. When, you, when you learn to not listen to those people as well, that it gives you an awful lot of peace as well. Because some people will be like, you're almost doing it to please everyone else. Like, the fact that you're in control for yourself is, is huge. Like, you're doing it for you at the end of the day. Cause the rest of the people, they, they, they like to comment, but they don't genuinely care. Yeah. You know, like the people who are closest to you know that you're in a much better state of affairs now and you're much happier and healthier and pushing at higher levels of fitness and health that most people will never achieve, even after coming to anorexia, like, you know, the other side of it, which is, it's very easy if you're fit and healthy and young your entire life to be able to do a bodybuilding show after not having issues at muscle mass or being training healthily your whole life. If you've come from a much lower ebb whereby food is the enemy, gaining size is the enemy, the fact you are where you are now, far more difficult to do than just you know, I go to the gym a few times a week and I'm happy and healthy like that's that's all in good fantastic of a person there but you've beaten something beaten a monster that's quite quite vicious and yeah. anyone I've been involved with in training and fitness with anorexia it's a mass battle for any weight like if you add a kilo onto someone over the course of a year and that's a winner but the fact that you've purposely and positively focused on building it's 
it's a much bigger achievement than people will actually realise. Bodybuilding yeah. is probably the exact thing you needed. Yeah. It's the thing you needed. Obviously, it's saved you. Yeah, I'm 22 kilos up from when I started. Like. Yeah. That's crazy, though, isn't yeah. it? Yes. There's most lads in the 78 kilo categories you probably give advice on how to grow muscle then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because it's it's the fact that you've grown good, solid, healthy muscle is like that's, the only people appreciate that. Like people think they gain weight, it gains weight overnight. The gain good muscle is hard fought for. So yeah. like it's, it's not just a matter of showing up, it's a matter of breaking yourself down a lot and then eating, going against everything you've taught yourself, which is it's just great, it's great difficulty, uh, great yeah. admiration. Absolutely. So, um, you went, you qualified for Europe, and um, where was that? In Germany. That's in Germany. When was that? In June this year. Just June of this year? Yeah. Right. So it was two weeks before that, while I was still prepping, I um, got nominated for Best Personal Trainer. Yeah. So I, I won that. I couldn't believe I won that. Then I was on such a buzz. So then I was actually that lethargic and just wrecked from prepping for this whole show. So I was going over to Germany with the actual, like, I don't even care anymore. Right. You know, because my back was so sore and I knew that I had to just get through it. Like, every day training and going around, walking around like a cripple. I was like, you know what, fuck it, just get on the stage and do your thing. Mm. So I went on the stage, won me category and won me pro card. Congratulations. Absolutely. So you'll be European champion here. But that was my goal when I started. Like I'll be anorexia when I win a first place. Like yeah. Yeah. So when I won the second in October, I was like, right, that's a warm up. And then I wasn't going to do Jeremy and then my mum surprised me with it, so I was like, here we go. And you and you went off and and you and you won. And I won it, yeah. Yeah, well, the pro league then. And, like, yeah, so you got your pro card now. Got my pro card, yeah. yeah. And so and then work that's kind of after bringing us to this point now, isn't it? Really, you're not, you not you have not done any other types of competitions. No, I'm gonna have now. one now next year on my first pro competition. Right. Where? What's that one gonna be? In London, WFF oh, as well. Very I good. can't compete with anybody else now. Yeah. There, my federation yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. So as you're working with a train as, as a trainer yourself now, I'd say you've you've probably get insight and empathy towards people who need a change like because a lot of you know a lot of trainers can be very condescending but the fact you've actually walked a very hard road probably makes you far more human than yeah. a lot of people like some people might see the snapshot of your this is quite good for you as well because people see the snapshot of you and people see snapshots of people in particular situations they might think oh, sure, they've always been in shape or they've always they've never had to struggle that that's all that guy's always yeah. been lean but the fact that you've walked a very hard road Probably you're probably better suited to be a trainer than ninety percent of people because you can I empathize. I've read about it. I've I've been there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And that a lick of experience beats ten years of study. Absolutely. You know because like you can you can talk to people on a human level. You realize that some people don't like this food. Some people have, and the people who are overweight who've lost weight have this ultimate fear of taking in everything again. You can tell them like. You know, eating more is quite good to gain some muscle and get stronger and be fitter and get like I got you got in the shape you're in by eating more and doing more. So you can explain to people on a more, far more human level than just don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, which people don't appreciate that. People don't want the people have spent enough time feeling crap, they don't want something to give out to them about what they're doing. Like you have with your trainer, he gave you a positive feedback to help you and now you can give that which makes you far more appealing as a trainer to the general population. Yeah, yeah. Which, He's the one that actually told me to go in for the personal training course. Like, yeah. it's, it's designed, yeah. it suits some people. Like when you have empathy towards others, it's probably the best job in the world because you get the feedback and the feel rather than just waiting to cash in a check. Which yeah. is when you love what you do every single day and because you know what it's given you, you're like, this thing yeah. has it saved my life. Which is yeah. that's at the end of the day, yeah. people can be moving around the bush, but it has given you everything back. And you're still so young, so you can like you can fly with this industry, and you can fly in your career with your with your bodybuilding as well. So like you've come through a lot in a short period of time, or by people who are in industry in industry for twenty years and have done nothing, and yeah, haven't like absolutely. you know haven't suffered a day in their lives. And suffering yeah. is a is a valuable lesson for a lot of people. People think the fact they suffer with depression and anxiety is makes them weak. Makes them strong. Some of the strongest, craziest people Absolutely. I know. Strongest, craziest. You got that yeah. one. But it's but in a good sense. Like they're not fearless. They're fearless. Like if someone puts an obstacle in front of them, they're like, oh, I came over worse. Yeah. I've beaten worse. Yeah. Like you know, the That's idea it. of stepping on stage might be someone's ultimate. Terrifies them for you. Probably doesn't affect you anymore. Like you know, yeah, your biggest yeah, goal, you your biggest fear was you've, you've 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 wrestled with it, the anorexia. So like the fact is. And that's you've come a long way so like being being broken a little bit in the middle of your life is 
probably a very useful tool and it's getting very strong now. Yeah. So like I don't think there's anything you in front of you in your training wise or your diet wise that you'd actually be afraid of. And you hear grown men crying about their calories being cut. I'm guilty of it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this little, where's the rest of it? That's real one. But the fact you've, you've managed that is, is great. Like it, and it makes you more, to, to actually talk to people about food as well. Yeah. From your, your clients who need help with food, you can empathize with not wanting to eat more. Like the fear of women trying to eat a little bit more food when you're yeah. like, I don't eat rice, this is bad. Well, it's like, you're not going to be able to train hard. You're not going to grow muscle if you don't have this fish or this meat or this food or this veg. Like, so the fact that you can, listen, darling, this is what I've done. This is what helped me. It needs to help you as well. That would make you far more relatable for women and men in training. Because there's a big community out there that is just terrified of the gym. Yeah. Like people are scared yeah. of it. Like, you know, they're, they, this is someone's going to give out to me or someone's going to point the finger at me. Someone's going to laugh. Like, there's, cause there's a lot of gyms where people, they want people to. People are intimidated to go into a gym. Mm. Like, Absolutely, you yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, even if I'm in a gym, like, men come over and you'd be like, I'm on that. Uh, no, you're not. I was here first, like. Yeah. yeah, that's the, the big And then I get told mentality. I have an attitude. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I don't have an attitude. I'm just standing my ground. We're both with the same right to be here. Fact, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you're a man, you think you're more dominant? Get the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because you're in the strongman gyms and men will probably leave you to it. Yeah. <laughs> you can put my weight on that. Sure, Bob. Come on. Yeah, we'll go, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it is. So, like, um, yeah, so we're kind of. You just. You, at the moment, you, you're just kind of prep for uh, London. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. It's gone a bit more size. So. Yeah. So, so, like, how, how, how is um, the anorexia now? Like, how are you feeling? Like today, like, like, is it still like obviously, anorexia is one of these mental problems that like it never goes away. It, it will no, never no. go away. It's It'll always, always be there. Yeah. It's always been there. So, like, how, how do you feel? Like, you know what I mean? How do you feel today? Like, you know. Well, a bit fluffy. And I don't like that now. What do you mean fluffy? Like, oh, like you feel like you feel full and... Yeah. Yeah, I get you. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So like if I'm not shredded, I haven't got a six pack. Right. I haven't got striations in my shoulders. That's it. I'm feeling a bit fluffy and... Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to eat. I do a bit more cardio. I put back on the bit of the field. Right, and that, and and that's what you'll do? So yeah, you, that's what I do. So yeah. you, kind of, you kind of put yourself back into suffering, like just to... Just to look shredded. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. It, it will make me happier. Do you right. know what I mean? I get you, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the same time, yeah, you're, you do it probably far more logical and smarter than yeah, you're educated in what to do. Like, so yeah. in regards, well, you have to eat better foods, make better choices, mm. and train a little harder, which probably most people could stand to use that. Or like put down on like the kilo approach eat a day. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. So. Uh, does that, I, I'm sure there's, there's going to be a personal trainer and, Bodybuilders, anyone that be looks that would probably look at this and go, "Wow, she's she's just not eating and she's doing more cardio and blah, blah, blah. she's kind of born away in muscle and stuff." But at the end of the day, like, like the day know my body like I yeah, do. And, no. and, and no. Like, well, yeah, and like, well, like, yeah, like, you said, like you've won a European Championship. You know Coach what I mean? So yeah, so. and there you go, like you know. And the critics are quite harsh in those federations. Yeah, like, absolutely. You, like, yeah. you don't win it on because you're no. friends with someone. Unfortunately, it's those are yeah. the harshest critics in the world. So obviously, you know better than ninety nine percent. Some some of the federations I heard are a bit um, politics plays a, a big part of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know that's, that's very true. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're not going to if you're if you're not in the ultimate condition. You know your best friend in the world won't get you there. Like you know. No, no, so you, that's true. Had, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was outside of the European uh, the show in Germany, and I seen this girl come out, and she had big, massive legs. And I looked at my friend and I said, oh my God, the size of her legs. I wonder what category she's in. I said, you know what, I'll ask her. What category are you in? Bikini, short. Huh, you what? She was yeah. in my category. Yeah. What category are you in? She said, I said, bikini, short, you're on. your legs are uh, a little small. She yeah. says to me, the bleeding neck, yeah. Well, well that's, a, that's a category being too big. It doesn't kind of pay a benefit for it, does it? No, but that's what they look for in bikini is right. like the big legs, the big bum, do you know what I mean? The little skinny waist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her legs were bigger than mine. She had, she had great yeah. legs and she probably, she probably looked out of proportion in a sense, did she? Yeah. Well, you better. Yeah, well, well you beat her, so yeah. obviously. Well, like, I beat yeah. her, you know. Yeah, where did she place? She came second. Did she? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go, like, yeah. So I better run. Yeah, yeah, so she had, she had uh, something to say about you and... She she was wrong. Yeah, yeah, you bad karma is right. Yeah, yeah. Smack it in the she face shouldn't though. be. She shouldn't be judging. Oh. So, um, like, who who would have been like your biggest inspirations? Like, like to get into oh, wild bodybuilding. Anybody you looked looked at and said like, oh, I'd really like to be like that person. I'd really like to look like that person. Dana Lynn Bailey. 
Oh, I, 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 I watched the, watched the, I've watched a bit of her stuff. I have. Um, yeah, I've watched a bit of her stuff. She's got strength training as well. She yeah, she does. She, she done a bit of powerlifting and stuff like that, hasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've watched I've watched a bit of horror stuff like I followed her her boyfriend is her husband, uh, Rob oh, Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's but she is a serious competitor. Oh, she is. she's on unreal shape. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went over to Germany, I met this other girl. She's WFF Federation as well. Right. Mandy Allen. Okay. And she is ah, oh, unreal shape as well. Right. Like the the standard for that down like figure competitions in WFF is. Ah, oh, unreal. Really? Yeah, like different level altogether. Mm. So, uh, is um, uh, is uh, Mandy in your category? No, she's not. She's in the one above me. Okay. So it's like nearly bodybuilding for women. Okay, you so know? you're in you're in bikini, is it? In bikini, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what's what's the next what's the next stage up? Um, town figure. Oh, okay, and. Uh, is it only bikini you want to do or is there anything well, well, I, else? I, my goal was at the start when I started the gym I was like okay so I want to win bikini and then I want to go up and then I want to go up and then I want to go up yeah. you know what I mean just to become a proper proper bodybuilder yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but you're young you're you, plenty of time but you can Absolutely, only do yeah. so much of that without taking anything yeah and yeah. I won't take anything so right. yeah so that's you know the, what I mean? the limiting factor yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. I could take things to help me but no, I'd feel like yeah. I'd cheat it. Yeah, that's, no. that's a very good way to think you know, about it. Right and now. then if they're giving me a trophy now, you can take that back. Yeah. Because I didn't win that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. the way yeah. I'd or feel. Get you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. 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 Well, it's good you said that because probably the health implications might be a little, could be a little lot worse if you're going on X, Y and Z for... Um, oh yeah, sure. I had a dodgy heart over the anorexia anyway, so right, yeah. stay away from that. Like. The last thing you need is <laughs> to give you a little buzz that you don't need. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, don't know, is there anything else we can kind of uh, cover uh, or anything else you want to talk about or anything while we're here, like? No? Mm-hmm. Not really. Yeah, I think we've kind of covered everything, like, you know. Um, well, well, thanks for no coming. No problem, thanks and, uh, for having me. Lovely to hear your story. It's been great, yeah, it's been a truly amazing story and... Uh, people people need to hear what yeah, people absolutely. Are into. Like, yeah. Yeah. it might seem like nothing to you but it uh-huh. might inspire a lot of people to yeah, push yeah. on or people to ask for help that's the whole goal is to yeah be people have stories like you know it's people want to hear people have been through things yeah. they've got coming out the other side of it in a healthier state of mind and a happier state of mind with focus and control rather than feel like they're standing on the edge of a cliff with nowhere to go. Exactly. Like there's an even like that someone might reach out to you and ask for help and say, I want to start training, which just to be around you and see how you go on a day-to-day basis. Maybe get a bit of training, because like, it's more than training for a lot of people. You're coming in to help people. They might be thinking, you might think, oh, they're coming to do a personal transaction, but they might listen to your stories and see inspiration to move forward yeah. and to beat, beat whatever food issues they have, whatever sadness they have. So you can be a point of, you can be an anchor for people, but people build their strength from you. I think that's what people don't realise is that someone asking for help off you, you might end up saving their life. Yeah, you might that's why that. I became a personal trainer was to help people with this yeah. illness. You know and if mean? it reaches out to certain people yeah. and yeah. Here, if one person gets benefit from it, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. Or someone might take a step to go, oh, I need to get some help from someone or to contact you. Who did you go to? Who helped me? Who will help you? Can you help me? And that alone makes it all worthwhile. Because you know, a lot of people suffer in silence. Like it's, it's not the people screaming on the internet who are sad. It's the people who are saying nothing. Yeah. And just watching this silently and might be actually, I think I need a bit of help. I think I need to approach Ulrika. She will help me with this. Well, bodybuilding and fairness, that saved my life. Like, yeah. If I didn't do bodybuilding, I'd, like, I'd be dead now. Like, yeah. That's exactly you know, so just It's the most advice. important thing in yeah. your world. Then, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that was the outlet you chose. And it's like, like, this like, is, that's my life now. But that's a good way to be. Like, you know, people yeah. might mm. see it as an extreme end, but like, the extreme is being gone. Yeah. yeah. No, that's far more extreme. It's like, you know, so some people like, why do you do this sport or why do you do that sport? It's like, I don't bit save me. That's, that's probably the strongest reason you do it. And why is it easy to diet hard? Why is it easy to train hard? Because yeah. it kept me alive. It's like, it's not hard. Yeah. There's far harder options. Yeah. You're in the harder option, taking yeah. the antidepressants, sitting at home by yourself. Absolutely. It's yeah. not sleeping. Like, this is easy. Yeah. This is fun. This is enjoyable. Like, as hard as it is to suffer, you've, you've suffered through a hell of a lot more. So. Yeah, muscle yeah. now to protect your organs. You yeah. know what I mean? That's it, yeah. yeah. So, do you feel proud in yourself of where you come from? Because, like, to be quite honest, like, the journey you've gone, like, gone from, what weight were you? What was your lowest weight? 
Four and a half stone. Four and a half stone, right? So what's that? What's that in kilos? Going to be four and a half stone. So that's what. Seven, seven, Twenty, thirty kilos, thirty-four kilos. Yes. Yeah, right. So and then what? What you weigh now? Fifty-eight. Like that's that's just an amazing. Like it's just an amazing. Like you said, they're twenty-two kilos heavier than what you wear. When I joined the gym. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's just crazy. Like and it's a serious achievement for someone to go with such an illness like that to manage it and to get to get to a to a stage in bodybuilding where now you're a European champion and you're going to go on and you're going to progress progress uh, and do more and more like so like I hope you're proud of yourself because like well, there's, really there's always that little step to go forward you know yeah, what I mean yeah. you'll never, like, never but, be satisfied oh, well yeah well maybe you'll never be but still what you've done you've, you've done had a serious achievement like you yeah. know not many people would be able to do that like you know i just hope somebody does see this and um does pick up something from you like and even if it's not uh anorexia and it's maybe they have depression maybe they're anxious about doing stuff you know maybe they might pick up something or maybe they might, maybe they might get motivated from from your story you know and hopefully uh make their own story yeah because that's, that's kind of what forward. we're looking yeah. to do like you know Oh, so yeah, so thanks very much anyway for coming no on to the podcast. Thanks, thanks yeah, so um thanks for everyone uh, who watched um just uh if you could uh, like and share us on uh, Facebook it's the Mental Strength Podcast and um you can now listen to us on a uh, couple of major uh, podcast platforms with the likes of Spotify, Google Podcast, um Podbeam and a couple of others still waiting on uh, Apple iTunes to accept us but um, I think that's gonna I think that'll happen I just think just we have to wait for that process to come through and um, we'll be up on YouTube so if we're on YouTube please subscribe to the channel there and you can find it on the Mental Sound podcast again thanks okay very much. thanks very much bye bye